Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. How many of you ever have wrestled with God? Wrestled, I'm going to say it like I'm from West Texas, because I am, because I is. So we we know that, that wrestling with God is a real thing. How many of y'all have been wrestling with God in your life before? Maybe you are right now. And so we we, we, we experience this thing. When I think about wrestling, I, I don't just think about what we, you know, what we talked about and, you know, through the 80s and through Hulkamania and, you know, through the through the NWO, the, the New World Order, you know, and all that kind of stuff, not not, not the biblical world order, the, the one in wrestling. And then, you know, Sting, I'm thinking about all that, Stone Cold, you know, we, we talk about all that. When, but when I talk, when I think about wrestling, I think about wrestling with my boys, right? I think I think about getting in the, the living room and, and getting on the rug, come on, and, and having some battle. Does, does anybody know what it's like to wrestle your daddy or a sibling? And so, Judah, when he was younger, sorry, son, you're always you're always the the the, the emphasis of my messages, always the illustrations. And so, uh, when Judah was younger, he was really into WWE, right? He wanted to buy. He didn't really. We didn't watch it because you don't want to watch that. But he was really into the characters and and all that stuff. So he had, had like I don't know a hundred of these, you know, action figures that. By the way, when it's for a boy, it's called an action figure, not a doll. But they're just dolls. And so so he had all these action figures, and we had all these wrestlers. But when we wrestled, we had our own character. You know what I'm saying? And how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And so we actually had our own entrance music. And so when we would wrestle, we'd be like, in this corner, weighing in at a total of, you know, 200 pounds. It's awesome because you get to pretend that you weigh something different. And we would get in there and we would wrestle. And then now Uriah, he's he's getting to the point now where he wants to wrestle and Judah wants to wrestle and they both want to wrestle dad. And so there's this this thing that happens and it doesn't always feel good, you know, because when, when you get kind of past 40, it gets a little harder to get down and up. And so, um, you know, especially when you have big boys jumping on you and bouncing on you and they get, as you get older, they get older and they get bigger and you're not getting in better shape. You're getting in worse shape. So it's this kind of crazy thing that happens when you're wrestling. But one of the things that, that, that I do as a dad, as a good dad, is I let my boys win. Right, I, I let them win the match, right? And in their mind, at, at least right now, I let them win because I can overpower them. I am more powerful than them, at least at this point. In a few years, that might change. But, but still, right now, I'm top dog in the house, right? And, uh, and I will always be top dog in the house because when it's time for them to be top dog, when they can overpower me, it's time to move out. And so, so but, but the reality is, is when we wrestle, I let them win because I'm a good dad. Now, it's not that they're more powerful than I am, but it's really because I'm more powerful than they are. I don't need to win the match. Come on. I'm willing to surrender, come on, my my power in order for them to succeed. And so when I think about this concept of summoning someone more powerful, letting someone else win, 
I think of this classic story about a guy named Jacob in Genesis chapter 32. Now, we did a series two summers ago called Striver, and it was about Jacob and, and, and Jacob becoming Israel. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. It was a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm going to take some moments from that and share today. But Genesis chapter 32, we see this patriarch, Jacob, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's like, they're like the trinity of the patriarchy, right? And so here it is, Genesis 32, it says, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives. I don't know what he was thinking, having two wives. I don't how did he handle that? And his two maidservants and his 11 sons, I bet they probably had some wrestling matches, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok, or the Jabbok. And he sent them across the stream, and he sent over his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Everybody say alone. Alone. And a man, everybody say a man. A man wrestled with him till daybreak, all night. We're not talking about three rounds, five minutes of action. You know, we're, we're not talking about a 30-minute wrestling match. We're talking about all night long they are wrestling. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he, as he wrestled with the man. Like he had him in some kind of like awesome figure four leg lock, right? Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God. He's revealing his identity. Struggling with God and with man and have overcome. And Jacob said, please tell me your name. Who are you? But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God. Now the text, the writer, Moses, of Genesis, uses the word man. Jacob uses the word God. He saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Understand that in those days, they thought if you saw God, you were going to die. God showed up for one reason, that was to take you, to take you out. And he's saying, no, 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 I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. One translation says this, I saw God face to face and lived. Beloved, can I tell you today, if you will see God face to face, you'll know what it's like to really live. Then the sun rose above him, and he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. And for the rest of Israel's life, he limped. He limped. So who is this mysterious man? Who is it that's showing up? I, I, you know, when I think about mysterious characters in wrestling, I think about Sting. You, did you guys ever, ever watch WCW and Sting, like, disappears and, like, this NWO is coming up? And then all of a sudden there's this, like, character in the rafters, and he's, like, watching, and he's got a, he looks like the crow, and he's, like, got a, if you know what that is, and he's holding a bat, and he's, like, looking down. Do you guys remember that? Like, totally mysterious. So who is this mysterious man that we see in Scripture? Because, because the 
Because again, Moses says he's a man. Jacob says he's God. And then in Hosea, it actually says it's an angel. So which is it? Which is it? Who is it? Well, it's, yes. The angel there is messenger. But who is it? Who is it? Is it a man or is it God? Yes. It's the God man. It's the God man, Jesus Christ, in his pre incarnate state, right? This is called a Christophany. Pastor Nathan mentioned this last week. It's where Jesus shows up in the Old Testament. Before he was made flesh, come on, how many know Jesus always was? Before he was made flesh, he would show up sometimes in the Old Testament. We saw this, we talked about this several weeks ago when we talked about, uh, you know, Abraham and, and Melchizedek. And Melchizedek showed him, we believe that was Jesus. So here's Jesus showing up to Jacob. Jesus, what are you doing in the Old Testament? Why, why are you sitting, do you need to get back over in the book of Matthew? But here he is, Jesus, the great name changer. Come on, Jesus, the great walk changer. Come on, Jesus, the healer of disease. Come on, Jesus, the one who is worthy of it all, the king of the cosmos, Jesus Christ, showing up, the one who erases shame. Come on, who heals heartaches, who destroys sicknesses, who demolishes disease, Jesus, showing up to meet with this man named Jacob. Why is he showing up? He's showing up to have a moment. And what's interesting is because Jacob, if you'll study Jacob's life, Jacob was such a striver. So when Jesus shows up to bless him, why else is he there? If he wanted to take his life, he would have took it. Jesus shows up to bless him, and what does he do? He decides to fight for the blessing. How many of the blessing was already there? (laughs) The blessing standing in front of him. The blessing's about to ha- happen. How many times does God decide to show up and do something in our life and we wrestle with him and we strive to get something he's already going to give us? So Jesus shows up for a moment and Jacob shows up for a match. Like he had some kind of chance. Now, it says that he could not overpower him, but we know that he could, but he chose not to. So why is Jesus showing up in this moment? He's showing up because Jacob's afraid. See, Jacob is about to meet his older brother Esau, who he hasn't seen in decades. And him and Esau have some beef. I mean, they're going to have a match. Because there was a whole lot of deceiving and striving from Jacob. So he's about to make things right with his brother who is probably, that is potentially going to kill him. So Jacob's afraid. Jesus shows up because Jacob was alone. Come on. How many know that when you're alone, Jesus wants to meet you in your loneliness? And I would also suggest this to you. If you want to meet with Jesus, you need to get alone. Sometimes you just need to get away from everybody and everything and turn off your phone and separate yourself from from everything that could distract you. He's in his possessions. Here he is in the middle of the night in an unknown land, afraid, concerned about the future. What does he do? It says that he's alone. And what happens? Jesus shows up. That's why you need to, listen, you don't need to just get alone with Jesus once a time, one, once in your life. You need to do it once every day. 
Have you got it? When was the last time you got alone with Jesus? When was the last time you put away your cell phone? When was the last time you 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 turned off Netflix or even you 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 kind of crawled out of bed from your spouse in the middle of the night just to get alone with Jesus? Can I tell you when Jesus shows up, he wants to do something, but you've got to make the meeting. You've got to make the meeting. Y'all okay today? You're gonna have to preach back or I'm gonna go all day. And I have a time that I want to finish. So, he showed up to Jacob because he was afraid. He showed up to Jacob because he was alone. And he showed up to Jacob because Jacob needed to be altered. He needed a transformation. See, Jesus is going to use Jacob to transform history. And he's going to start it by changing his name. Israel. Where does Jesus come from? The, incar- the, the incarnate state, Israel. <laughs> so Jesus is having this moment to prepare future generations, to impact what we're doing right now. Jesus is having a moment because Jacob needed to be altered. And we know that it wasn't just his identity, but it was actually his walk. Have you wrestled with God? Have you? Some of you are wrestling with God right now. Some of you are wrestling with God in your thoughts. Can I tell you, I've been wrestling with God my entire life. My entire life I've wrestled with God. I've wrestled with God in my thoughts. I've wrestled with God in my theology. I've wrestled with God throughout life's tension. I've wrestled with God throughout the mystery. I've wrestled with God through his church. I've wrestled with God through nutcases, through tensions, through struggles. We wrestle with God through the state of the world. There's all this wrestling going on. But beloved, I'm here to tell you today that it's okay to wrestle with God as long as you're wrestling for the same thing. It's okay to wrestle with God if you're wrestling for the same thing. See, there's a difference between wrestling with God and wrestling against God. And most people spend their life wrestling against God. And they're like, God, I don't want this to happen. But the thing with Jacob is he's wrestling with God and they want the same thing. Now, Jacob chose to get it the hard way. But God's purposes still prevailed. Come on. Listen, some ways, let me just say it tell you today, some way there's, sometimes there's an easier way to bless him than you make it. Sometimes it's far more simple than it is complicated. But we do a really good job of making complicated things, simple things complicated. Wisdom always makes complicated things simple, but we're not real wise. We choose to wrestle for blessing. We choose to work for blessing. And Jesus is going, just receive me. I'm here I'm showing up. I know you're afraid. I know you're alone, and I know you need to be altered, and I'm here to alter you. Are you willing? Will you just give in? See, the thing is, is God won't change when you wrestle him. He changes us. The change that happens when we're wrestling with God is is right here. We don't change God. We don't bend his arm. 
We don't bend his arm. So here's Jacob in pain. And how many know that the change is painful? Listen, you don't want to change. And we've got this, listen, we have developed a culture of narcissism that says, I don't need to change. Just take me the way I am. Love me the way I am. Listen, God loves you so much. And he, de- he desires you so much that he wants to change you. Did you know that? You know who he's changing you to be like? Not the better you. He's, 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 he's not changing you. He's, he, listen, Jesus didn't come for self-improvement. He did not come to improve your life. He came to make you look like him. That's what he came for. And that is painful. You know why? Because Jesus was crucified. And so this is why Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. There are a lot of things in Josh Brown that has to die, and dying is painful. Now, there's a lot of things that we do to ourselves that are painful and unnecessary, but there is a pain that is associated with change. And what we bought into in our culture is we said, you know what? We want everything else to change to fit me. And God's going, no, 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 no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to work all those things that are causing tension to make you, Romans 8, make you look more like Jesus. But it's painful. It's painful. Change is painful. Going to the gym is painful. Come on. Saying no to Whataburger, 1130 at night, that's painful. I know it's pretty easy to say no to in and out but it's not easy to say. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right. We had to go there. We had to go there. So this word, Jabbok, the Jabbok, this river, this stream that's going through there, is actually a river that empties itself into the great river, the Jordan. And we know that the Jordan is the river of transition. So listen, if we want to change, we must empty ourselves. Why did Jacob have to wrestle all night? Because he had to empty himself. He had to get broke down. He had to get humble because he is so used to striving, and he's developed a strength. He's developed a resistance, and so it takes all night not for God to bless him. It takes all night for Jacob to get into the place where all he can do is cling. So God blesses him when he's weak, when he's vulnerable. It wasn't Jacob's ability to fight, but his ability to cling to God. That transformed him. That's why he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. See, transformation doesn't happen in the striving, but in the clinging. Transformation doesn't happen in the striving, but in the clinging. Your wrestling with God is not going to win the match. And it's not going to transform you. It's your clinging to God. It's your ability to hold on to God in the midst of the tension. It's your ability to hold on to God in the midst of the pain. God, it hurts. It hurts so bad. My hip hurts so bad right now. In fact, it's destroyed. I will live the rest of my life with a limp. But you know what? I'm not getting mad at you. I'm still holding on. And you know what we typically do when we experience pain? And we say God's not blessing us 
You know what happens? It's because we're in the midst of the tension and we go, it's painful, and we let go. And then we go, well, God didn't bless me that way. It's because you didn't cling to him. So, beloved, cling to God in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your wrestling, in the midst of the tension, cling to God. And I I will tell you this today, that he is more concerned about you than your circumstance. See, Jesus shows up with a purpose in mind, and his purpose was to transform Jacob to Israel. Are you willing to hold on and cling to God as long as it takes till daybreak, all night? Listen, it's a long night to stay up all night. It's a really long night to wrestle with God all night. That's longer than any night you and I have ever had. But we see this new life comes to Jacob. He does get blessed. He does get his name changed. Come on. He receives the blessing. But new life comes when, number one, when Jacob is clinging. The second thing that that brings forth transformation, the new life, is when Jacob is asking. It says in, um, I don't know if we have the scripture here. I believe that, it, that it's uh, Hosea, and it says that, 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 that he was, basically that he was crying out to God. That he was, he was yelling out in pain. That he was asking, that he was pleading, is actually the word it uses, pleading with God. When Jacob asks, are you asking God? Are you praying? I know you posted on Facebook that you prayed. I know you text somebody, I'm praying. But did you really pray? Because we, we, Listen, that has become just an empty statement that we make. If I ever tell you I'm praying, I prayed. Sometimes it was just the moment that I just prayed it. And I'm not talking about through the text, but verbally. Pastor Leslie and I have a habit of that. Someone's like, pray. We, we just, if we're driving down the road, we pray. We're sitting in the house, we just pray right then. Because I might forget about it later. So Jacob's clinging. Jacob asks, number three, when Jacob is genuine with who he is. Who are you? What's your name? Now, come on. He knew Jacob's name. He wasn't asking Jacob's name because he forgot Jacob's name. He was asking Jacob's name because he needed Jacob to remember that I am Jacob. I am the supplanter. I am the trickster. I am the striver. So when he's asking him that, he's like, who have you been your whole life, Jacob? Who have you been? He's saying, oh man, I've been kind of sneaky. I've been kind of low-key, right? I've been, I've been kind of, kind of tricking everybody. I tricked my brother into a blessing. His whole life, this is, this is, this is Jacob's life. Jacob's life is a trickster. His, his life's a deceiver, a supplanter. His name means supplanter, someone who comes in and kind of works things under the surface to work for him. He's a master manipulator. Who are you, Jacob? I'm a manipulator. And he says, let me change that. Your name will no longer be manipulator. Your name will no longer be supplanter. Because you've confessed, 
your sins? Come on. Oh, here's the gospel. Here's the gospel right here in Genesis. If you confess your sins to him, come on. Here it is. Jacob. I've been Jacob. I've been the manipulator. He's like, your name's no longer Jacob. We're going to fix that today. Your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will be Israel. Israel means struggled with God. The, the name also means the same word as the power of a prince. It means he overcame. The name Israel means he struggled with God and he overcame. He didn't struggle against God and overcame. He struggled with God and he overcame. And he even overcame his born identity. He even overcame the striver in Jacob. So it's when Jacob is clinging, it's when Jacob asks, it's when Jacob is genuine, it's when Jacob was seeking to know him. And the climax of the story, he says, who are you? (laughs) I love it that Jesus is just like, Let's not worry about that right now. I'll show you who you are. So Jesus didn't reveal his identity to Jacob. He introduced Jacob to Israel. So what happens? Jacob's transformed. What does the blessing look like? The first thing looks like as a new identity. And that's what we've been talking about. From master manipulator to one who wrestles with God and overcomes. Wow. What a name change. A new identity. Listen, Jesus didn't come to embrace who you are. 2 Corinthians 5.17, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new creation, a new person. The old life is gone a new has come. And the biggest problem right now, the biggest struggle that we will face with this gospel and with this king is, kingdom is people wanting to cling to their old life. People wanting to cling to their own identity. People wanting to cling, well, I'm this personality or I'm this, this is the way I was born or this is the way I was made. And Jesus is saying, that's great, but I didn't come to leave you as you are. I came to make you a new creation. This will be your biggest struggle. Your biggest struggle will not be getting God to love you. He already does. Your biggest struggle will not be God to have favor on you and do something nice for you. He already has. Your biggest struggle is being willing to die to yourself and being resurrected in Christ. That'll be your biggest struggle. And sometimes you'll have to do it tomorrow. (laughs) Because we have an ability to resurrect our old life. A new identity. Number two, a new walk. A new walk. What I love about this story is many people would still call him Jacob. But he walked different. 
can you imagine Jacob showing up that next morning and there's his family on the other side of the Jabbok? What happened to you, Jacob? And he's limping around. He's dragging that foot. He's probably using his stick to help him walk to get around. And when people asked Jacob, what happened to you? He said, let me tell you. He changes everything. John chapter 3, verse 2. After dark one evening, he came. Jesus came. This is actually not Jesus, but Nicodemus. Rabbi, he says, teacher, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I'll tell you the truth, Nicodemus. You've seen the miracles. You might have even experienced one. You might have been in the room when it happened. But I tell you the truth, unless the greatest miracle, unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom. See, you can't get into the kingdom by doing good stuff. You can't get into the kingdom by wrestling with God all night through your striving. Come on. Your striving won't get you into the kingdom. Your identity being transformed will get you into the kingdom. Unless you are born again, unless you have a name change, you cannot see the kingdom. What do you mean? I mean, Nicodemus is a smart guy. What do you mean? This makes no sense. How can an old man go back into his mama's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water, which is natural birth. That's why he talks about going into the womb, being born of water. Right When you were born, your water broke and you were born. And of the Spirit. So you've got to have a natural birth, and then you need to have a supernatural birth. You've got to be born again. You've got to be born a second time. Have you been born again? I'm not, listen, we, oh, I was raised in, I've heard this story a lot of times. Listen, this is what I've heard many times. So tell me about your relationship with the Lord. I was raised in church. I was a good person. I went to Sunday school. We were in church three times a week. You've heard the stories. That is not the credential for the kingdom. The credential for the kingdom is this. Have you been born a second time? And I'm asking you that question today. Have you been born again? Have you been reborn? Has the old passed away and the new became new? (laughs) All things become new. Not a few things, all things. It's a total different life. It's a death, burial, and resurrection. Humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. What do I got to do to go to heaven? You must be born again. What do I got to do to see the kingdom of God come? What do I need to do to experience God? You must be born again.